episode, recorded as part of the 16 Days of Activism Against Gender-Based Violence campaign between November 25th and December 10th, the Honorable Chester Humphrey, President of the Senate of Grenada and Vice President for the Caribbean of the Parlamerica's Parliamentary Network for Gender Equality, shares his perspectives on the importance of understanding violence against women in historical context. He also speaks about actions which have been undertaken by the Parliament and government in Grenada to prevent and respond to this issue. It's quite a, a multiplicity of things which um, have to be done. No, no single initiative will achieve this purpose. Um, speaking in the context of my own cultural um, environment, um, and we have to understand that when we talk about the Caribbean, and specifically um, the English-speaking Anglophone, um, there are a number of historical condition, condi conditioning that has taken place over time. And um, one of that has got to do with the fact of the um, enslavement of our ancestors and the conditions under which they were transported to these parts and the extremely ruthless um, imposition of a system of um, inhumane exploitation of labor. Uh, that in inhumanity um, has left its own cultural imprints and mark. And in that context, our women um, have suffered greatly and immensely um, because we are coming from a historical epoch, although they have been centuries gone. But it was only 1834 by an act of the British Parliament after it became, it, it, it became a system, an economic system um, that was no longer capable of generating the kind of wealth that Europe needs for its industrial um, um, transformation and accumulation of wealth and capital uh, for the Industrial Revolution based on, in fact, the enormous resistance put up. But all of these, this experience really um, has, uh, still affects today um, uh, the attitude of our male towards our woman. And so it requires a multiplicity of very complicated socioeconomic um, um, mechanisms in, in order to end violence against women. First of all, the fact that the man folk um, had this sort of very rapacious, unconscionable, unrestrained exploitation of his labor, in which he was physically beaten and mauled into submission, sorry. And then after that process, he was dehumanized. After all, um, the stock of human beings had absolutely no rights. Uh, they were classified as chattel, seen as, 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 um, of, 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 as persons of burdens of labor and treated as such. That reflected itself. And then of course, as that system started to close down and the source of replenishing of of, 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 of um, free labor became limited, 
And of course, you know, that formed the basis for the internal um, struggles within the United States and the Civil War and all of that. But in the Caribbean, we had our own under both the British, the French, and those other European countries which took part in this very inhumane system of degradation and exploitation of human beings. So we, it, it's a whole cultural matrix when we are speaking about the whole question of violence against women. Um, and therefore, we, we have to understand this and what we bring to bear in order to change the attitude in respect to this issue has got to be socio-cultural, right? Um, and it in, involves many different kinds of interventions. Now, having said that, I am not removing responsibility from the actions of individuals uh, because people must be held accountable for their own actions. I think we have reached a stage in social consciousness, conscious, consciousness now where we can't forever be um, putting every blame on the past, but let's not fool ourselves. A lot of what is deeply enrooted in the way in which we be behave and what has become normatives and what we see as the role of male in society as distinct to that of a female um, creates a, a lot of what we see now and the widespread violence, um, um, well, uh, that, that is practiced um, socioculturally. The fact that um, women have been denied, um, um, have denied and have been constrained and restrained in the economic field because of all the different biases, which I think we know very well, the attitudinal situation of men, the change in economic circumstance and the new international division of labor with the introduction right now of the, um, uh, the, the information um, revolution and the fact that um, more and more women are now in the workforce not just as, as carriers of water and hewers of wood, uh, but because now uh, the productive forces are, um, have a lot to do with the application of technology and the use of brain power, um, a lot of our institutions today, in fact, there's now a, a call for focus on men because a lot of the jobs right now are taken over by women our women um, bring a greater degree of discipline to the workforce. Um, for the better part of the last 40 to 50 years, we have had free secondary school, universal secondary, um, secondary education, which in the case of Grenada, and that is free, which began in 1983. Before that, at the, um, somewhere around the 1920s, uh, we did introduce um, universal primary school education. And one of the things that we must credit the British system for is that they left us a pretty robust um, institutional educational infrastructure. And so um, what you find today is that a lot of the gender-based violence is simply because men are becoming more marginalized and as a result of women entering the, 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 um, the workforce um, uh, today, a significant number of men, whereas there were grave disparity 
in the professions. Today, many professions are dominated really by women. So if you take the teaching profession, for example, almost all the way up to tertiary level education, there are slightly more women involved in teaching than men. That has its own sociological difficulties and problems. Um, and that has added, and this is an added dimension to some of the violence that we see taking place because men have not yet gotten used to the tradition of independent women earning their own incomes and therefore putting in limitations on the unrational and unreasonable in, uh, imposition and, and cultural privileges that men have come to believe that it is uh, ordained right that they have. So you have situations where women are earning more. There is a crisis that is unfolding, and I believe it's a worldwide phenomenon. So if you take the field of law, for example, there are slightly more women now in law. If you take the um, tertiary institutions that are training lawyers, at least 55% of the student population there are women. Similarly, in the field of medicine, which hitherto was a male-dominated field, um, you find that close to 50%, and the percentage keeps growing. Uh, in that professional field, now you find as many women doctors as they are male. And then, of course, the traditional roles and things like nursing and things continue to be dominant features um, of, of, of women now. Um, in the Grenada economy, given the transformations which are taking place in our small maritime, um, uh, small island economy with all its difficulties faced with climate change and all of these issues, and a very hostile international economic environment and so on, you find uh, a lot of the jobs in the tourism sector, which hitherto, hitherto were um, uh, male, dominated and now women. So for example, if you go into the hotels, at least 60% of the employees are women. Now, that puts a, a strain on the old sociology where men saw themselves as the breadwinners. Women remain at home looking after the children. Our family units are becoming more and more nuclear, smaller families. Women are having um, smaller and smaller numbers of children. Um, women are now out in the workforce and with access to jobs, uh, especially in the professional field, it's reflected in terms of women's access to wealth. Therefore, the access to the accumulation of material things. And in that kind of changing sociology, men find themselves becoming marginalized and it is a source for the trigger of violence against women. The, the parliament has taken and government has taken a number of very significant initiatives in this regard. First of all, um, we had to reorient law enforcement on this issue because traditionally law enforcement saw um, these domestic issues as a private issue at the domestic level. And we did not have any laws um, which were enforcing these things and giving the necessary protection and so on. No, there's a sleuth of legislation that deals with that. Um, the law enforcement has been sensitized. Um, no, there's a division within our law enforcement 
that deals with this question of domestic violence. Um, there are hotlines that women can call. Um, the police now can be called and the police is becoming more and more responsive. Um, there have been ongoing training sessions to sensitize people to this question of domestic violence and how to deal with it. And that it is not a private matter that women do have rights um, of recent vintage, even at the level of our statutes, the courts have becoming more sensitive um, to the issue. Not too long ago, it was impossible under Grenada statute for a case of rape to be brought against um, a husband in a marital relationship. Because in the old traditions of the law, um, no such thing was conceivable or possible, that a man could not rape his wife, um, um, and that a man had an unrestrained right um, to sexual intercourse in the context of a marriage. Now, all of that has changed. The law has changed on these things. The law has changed um, in respect to the informalities of, of um, uh, personal relationships. Um, so much so, so for example, if, if two people cohabited and there was never a marriage, then when, when that cohabitation for whatever reason went asunder, the woman was left with little rights of inheritance to property and so on. There is now a body of legislation that has been developed that even once a, 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 a um, evidence can be provided of a cohabitation over a period of time, then a woman have certain rights, um, if not equal to, but similar to or nearing that as if there was a formal marriage. Um, that in fact, there can be a situation in which the police can intervene directly in the home where the police is called and there's a special unit that deals with that. Um, parliament has made certain provisions in which there are certain homes set up and the state has provided certain homes set up where women, women can be sheltered in the event that there are issues touching and concerning domestic violence and so on. The court now is, is very liberal in issuing restraining orders and the penalty for violating those orders and so on in order to pro provide protection um, for, for, um, for women in that context. Um, so there is quite a lot of work that is being done. The Women Parliamentary Caucus, as you know, in the Grenada Parliament, um, almost 50% um, uh, of the persons in the House of Representatives are women. And that again is a very significant development. Um, and and, and, and um, that has its own positive spin-off and implications. So quite a lot is being done at the level of the schools. Um, I know that there are programs uh, being introduced for uh, counseling. In fact, in every school now, there is available counselors um, to deal with the management of the propensity towards violence and to anger control and anger management and that kind of thing. So I believe um, that we are on the right course. Of course, there is always room for improvement and in the context of this issue, there certainly is. 
And I would like to see a more vigorous form of education because it all starts at the, at the level of the school. Um, it all starts and we, we have the infrastructure because under Grenadian law, every, there, is, there is a right. There is a right to education in Grenada. And under Grenadian law, every child must be sent to school. It's an offense to keep a child at home without a proper excuse. And there are very effective systems in place where if a child does not report to school, and if there's not an excuse from the guardian or parent, it is a compulsory obligation that the teacher reports to the principal and the principal reports to the Ministry of Education. The Ministry of Education works with truancy officers. The truancy officers can report to the police and charges can be brought and so on. So we have a fairly rigid system here, right? And um, I'm saying this in the context that uh, for us to change those historic um, um, behavioral um, matters, which as I say is part of our sociology over many years coming out of the experiences I quoted before, a lot of work has to be done from an education point of view. And um, a lot of that has been undertaken at the moment. And Parliament is very active in that regard. I think it would have been last year and year before two significant bits of legislation. Right now, we are discussing legislation having to deal with sexual harassment at the workplace. And again, this deals all with the question of, of violence against women. So I, I think um, education is one of the significant interventions that in, in addition to other things, as I indicated before, that has got to be done and that we are currently engaging. We have an obligation, all of us as parliamentarians, to unite to end violence against women. 